Welcome back to middle school. It's a zoo right there, so just be cool. Don't speak too loud, try to fit in. But if you don't, then you can be in. And welcome to the Outfit Repeaters, an unofficial Lizzie McGuire recap podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Cantor, and back with me, as always, is Sam Chung. Hello. Um, I'm very excited today because uh, a very good friend of mine has joined the podcast. We met at the Little League World Series, and, (laughs) you know, we've known each other ever since. We've been great friends. So uh, it's a great pleasure to introduce my friend, Jake Tobias. Jake, how are you? Doing well, thanks. How about you? I'm doing good. We didn't actually meet at the Little League World Series. That was just a story that we made up. No, we up. did not. <laughs> but I think we made a couple people believe it. A hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Jake and I were NBC pages together. Fun Lifetimes time. ago. <laughs> life- <laughs> in another life. <laughs> really in another life. I know. It's like the developments that have happened since we <laughs> concluded the page program to now just feels like it feels like a completely different world. It's, it's wild <laughs> seeing like... It's it's funny getting like job emails or just like seeing things that the page program's posting. I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. Yeah. Like, I'm good. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. That is in the past. Yeah. Definitely. But um, yeah, we made up some fun stories. We said that we were in a band. I mentioned the band on the podcast once, actually. <laughs> we were in a band called A Little Bit Softer Now. The Greatest Hits, obviously. The greatest that's, Hits. That's up, at the, that's up there in the top. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think we had a bowling league. Can't believe it's not gutter. I think that was one of them. <laughs> I forgot about the bowling league. The bowling league was a good one. I like a good pun. I mean, people believed the band thing like wholeheartedly. Yeah. That one I remember. That guy at the end was like, "Oh, that's so cool." And you were <laughs> like, "Yeah, we have a gig lined up." It's like, okay. <laughs> I know. Uh, this makes me feel like we should have brought Jake on for the episode where um where Matt starts a band because it feel it feels like it would have just made so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. Just unfortunately, I don't play an instrument. <laughs> or sing neither yeah. did matt neither so. did. <laughs> yeah i don't actually uh i was talking about this a little bit before we hopped on i have a very elaborate soundboard and of course i clipped matt uh matt's band i think we were better than that yeah. our fake band <laughs> i think so too did you get any of what he just said because we needed captions for it no <laughs> literally none of it <laughs> so what he said was how many times have i heard you complain didn't get that. <laughs> but yeah, super excited to have you on because this is the season one finale. Marissa, we made yeah, it. We made it through season one. It was kind of, you know, a slog to get here by the end. <laughs> yeah, we were really running on fumes. The last few episodes of the season, I feel like. Well, so context for Jake, because we talk about this a lot. So there's the production order of Lizzie McGuire and there's the order that it aired and it's completely different. So there are like continuity yeah. issues all over the place. Like the the episode that we watched last week should have happened in the middle of the season. So like it was referencing things as if it was foreshadowing, but like it had already happened in the past. It's very all over the place. Yeah. Which <laughs> makes it like a little exhausting because it's I mean, like 
we've seen this before. I mean, that, that explains why this one did not feel like a finale in any way, <laughs> yeah. shape, or form. Yeah. So I think, what, Jake, a question we have for you is, what is your familiarity with Lizzie McGuire? Like, on a scale of Marissa, who is a super fan, to me, who is watching all of these episodes for the very first time, where do you fall in the spectrum? Uh, just ahead of you, because it's not, I mean, this was my first time seeing this episode. I have definitely seen episodes of Lizzie McGuire in the past. I remembered very little, like down to the point where I was confused when the animated part came up. And even like, <laughs> I, like I was like, oh yeah, that's how, like, those are her thoughts. But I, I've definitely seen them because my sister, who's a couple of years older, usually would have had ch- charge of the remote when it was, when it was TV time. So, uh. Disney Channel was on fairly often. Yeah. How much older is your sister than you? She's two years older. So I feel like she would have fallen like right into the Like the perfect demo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she was she right in the pocket. She was (laughs) she's um like five or six years younger. So it would have been like that perfect, you know, in two thousand two my sister was ten. So that's that nailing that that demo perfectly. Yeah, she's like the this is what dreams are made of. Just like hundred <laughs> percent Jean jacket, you know, the whole, the whole deal. And she's like the age where like she can then really mirror that in her own life. Definitely. For sure. <laughs> like Marissa, what you were five, six. Yeah. I was on the youngest end of the spectrum. And then I think really like, I remember seeing the movie in theaters by that time, so like by 2003, I think was when the movie came out. But I think like the early episodes, I definitely, it was reruns for me by the time I fully immersed myself into the universe. And like super fan, yes, I did declare myself a super fan. And now I'm sort of disappointed that we're doing this because it's kind of ruining it for me a little bit. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the, when we started this, I think in episode one or maybe even like the introduction to the podcast you said like the point is not to ruin this for you like you wanted this to be enjoyable so i'm very disappointed that this it's is enjoyable ruining it for you. it's just looking at it through a 2020 you know full adult lens and just seeing how wrong they get the representation like 95 percent of the time <laughs> is like ooh. yeah That's fair. Well, you know, after this, we are going to take a couple weeks before we dive into season two. We have some great, (laughs) I think, mid or I guess, is it postseason or preseason if it comes between two seasons? It's whatever we want it to be. I guess it's both. (laughs) Some great content to sort of bridge the gap between the two seasons so we don't have to jump right into season two right away. So um, I think at the end of the podcast, we'll sort of lay out preview. Yeah, a little preview of the weeks to come. Cool. Before we dive in, we usually give a little recap on outside of the world of Lizzie McGuire, what we're watching, what our viewing habits have been in quarantine. So Jake, what's been what's been on your watch list? So many things on the watch list. What have I actually been watching is a separate question because I can't seem to focus. I find myself like watching community just through like I finish it and then I go back to the beginning same with psych but I've also gotten myself to focus a little bit to watch the first couple episodes of I May Destroy You I've been trying to get through AP Bio season three which I'm actually very I'm really enjoying that and uh The Boys season two I've gotten through the first three episodes of that as well I May Destroy You is something that I think both of us have wanted to watch but we just haven't gotten around to it yet it looks really good, and 
I keep seeing the trailer for the boys and I want to check it out. Did you see season one? No, I haven't seen any, I haven't seen any of it, but you know, I just feel like they super serve me with the trailers. So I feel like they're targeting it's, me. It's yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's, <laughs> um, and I read, the, I read the first of the graphic novels and it's, you know, in my opinion, it's, it's one of the few adaptations that I think is actually stronger as a, as a series than it is in the, in, in the graphic novel. I mean, cause the graphic novel is aggressive, mm. uh, is the, is the best way to put it. And while the show is also has, has its moments, it's, it's a little bit more tame. For sure. Marissa, would you like to recap what we've been watching? So we've been all over the place as well, but in a very different way, just in terms of we've gone back in time a little bit. Um, I really wanted, I've never seen the OC. So we've been watching the OC for the first time, which is a ride. <laughs> I think Sam, Sam and I discussed that briefly. Yeah. yeah. We're like almost done with season three at this point. Yeah, I mean, so. everybody, so Johnny fell off a cliff. I guess if you know, you know. And, <laughs> and uh, now everybody's grieving. It's it's a rough time in uh, the OC. Yeah, Ryan and Marissa broke up again. again. Yeah, Nikki Reed showed up out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah half of the Twilight cast have, has, like, made an appearance. Yeah, that the other guy, Jax, Jackson. Jasper. No, wait, but his real name isn't Jasper. No, I don't know what his real name is. I thought his real name was Jackson. He showed up, yeah. It's like, the OC is a crazy show. Yeah, we're at the Julie Cooper, Nickel Cooper, Roberts (laughs) stage. She gets around. It's like been three seasons, but she's got four last names now. (laughs) It's the Cooper, Nickel Cooper, like going back to the Cooper. (laughs) The the 2000s were a wild time. (laughs) They really are, and it surprised me that I had never seen it because I was really into One Tree Hill, which is, you know, very adjacent to the OC. So I think after this, I'm going to make Sam watch One Tree Hill with me. I'm sure he'll love that. (laughs) I mean, I'll just be waiting for the scene that I think we all know where, like, the dog eats the heart, right? That's like, (laughs) that's the scene that we all know from One Tree Hill. It's like, oh, there's this heart for a transplant. Oh, the dog ate it. <laughs> Maybe rewatching One Tree Hill will ruin it for me also. But uh, Yeah, I know. I'm a little worried for you now. It's like, yeah. Okay. We've also, um, Sister Sister is on Netflix now. So I dove back into that, which has been just charming and delightful and uh, genuinely funny. I think my favorite part is that it just has like a full theme song that just lays out the entire plot yeah the 90s yeah you can't do that anymore Good time. yeah even this theme song is a little ambiguous you know but i feel like that theme song is so specific <laughs> then what else love island is fun big brother is not mm, yes i've been i realized i never watched season four of rick and morty so before i go into <laughs> season four i'm gonna watch seasons one through three again relive some of my favorite moments i just watched the pickle rick episode yeah, you've been having a fun time. I love I just Pickle hear you Rick. Giggle. <laughs> Pickle Rick! Rick! Rick and Morty's a good one. Season four was really good. Yeah, but Lizzie McGuire, I think like Jake said, this didn't feel like a finale very much. Like the fact that this is how we end season one is a little bit like, I know that we use, we normally use the sound for plot holes, but it's like... <laughs> yeah, the choice to end the first season of a show called Lizzie McGuire with an episode that does not center around Lizzie McGuire is an interesting one. 
So today we are talking about the season one finale, episode 131, Gordo's Bar Mitzvah. In this episode, Gordo marks his transition into manhood with his bar mitzvah, but finds other ways to celebrate too. Meanwhile, Sam is forced to do his fair share of parenting. And this episode aired on January 18th, 2002. Don't you just love the gender roles that we got super served in this episode? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like, what does it mean to be a man? Apparently it means like not disciplining your kids. I don't know. Like what's the takeaway It here? means getting a dirt bike, getting a dirt- <laughs> uh, shaving your face and yeah, becoming, you know, um, an apathetic adult who does not know how to parent their own child. I feel like it, it's, it's the kind of message that wouldn't really fly today. <laughs> yeah. The, the interesting part that I thought was like, he doesn't know how to parent his children, but he like stumbles into doing a really good job with his daughter. Yeah. <laughs> like that was like, oh, he doesn't know how to discipline his son. And he accidentally did a good job for his, his daughter. And then just was like, all right, you want to go get ice cream? I don't know. Sam McGuire, boys will be boys. You, you, you had so much disdain when he said that. I had a really strong reaction to that. I think in my notes, I said in all caps, I take back every nice word about Sam <laughs> McGuire I've ever said. Yeah, I mean. That's just, no. <laughs> this episode is a mess. Yeah, for an episode called Gordo's Bar Mitzvah, I wanted more Bar Mitzvah. I, am I crazy? <laughs> you are not crazy. Uh, I thought it was going to be pretty much all Bar Mitzvah. <laughs> And and it was pretty much an Obar mitzvah. I think we got more like Gordo at his house, like getting a lecture from his parents than Gordo bar mitzvah. And that was the first time we have ever been inside Gordo's house or met his parents. That was a big moment for Sam. I was so... I think you were caught off guard by it. I was caught off guard, but I was not surprised that like these two people are his parents (laughs) at the same time. And also I realized that his house is like not a place that I would ever want to go. It just looked so sterile. It looked like a doctor's office. Yeah. And his parents are therapists. Yeah. So we start at school and Lizzie and Gordo are talking I don't get the reference, but Sam gets the reference. It was a solid diss on the 2001 Planet of the Apes (laughs) remake. They say something like, uh, why couldn't there be real, like, it would be better if there were real apes. I mean, in all honesty, like, the 2001 Planet of the Apes remake was completely unnecessary. I don't know, Jake, if you agree with me. 100%. Not a movie that anybody needed. I mean, I think that even in the 60s and 70s, when they were making, like, the 6th, and seventh versions of Planet of the Apes. Everybody yeah. was like, we don't need this many Planet of the Apes. <laughs> so We're good. We get it. The apes took over. Like, we, we got it. Yeah. Move on. So the 2001 Mark Wahlberg remake was completely unnecessary. I like the Disney diss. I'm surprised that it made it in because <laughs> I'm surprised that that made it in. But like later on when Gordo is driving the car, and I have a picture of this, they had to blur out the Mercedes logo. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Right it was the all top, like it was start- all downhill as much as I love that line all downhill from there <laughs> it's the peak of the episode yeah so yeah from there Miranda approaches them and she's just freaking out about who else but Ethan Kraft and you know she's like today is the day so something is happening apparently it is a known fact that all the boys in Ethan's family, 
get dirt bikes on their 14th birthday. Number one, I thought they were in seventh grade. Why are they turning 14? That's old, right? They, they should <laughs> yeah. be in high school. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure I turned 14 as a freshman, right? No, you turned 14 turned... in eighth grade. In eighth grade? But not definitely not seventh grade. Not seventh grade. I, I turned 14 right before my freshman year of high high school right yeah because I'm, I'm my birthday's in august okay so it would have yeah. just led me right into i always turned like the next age right before school started gotcha so you're always like the youngest person always and marissa was on the other side because you're a, you're a december birthday yeah so they should be and they very clearly are in seventh grade because season two it's like we're in eighth grade now yeah so they're like really old seventh graders <laughs> <laughs> they all got held back. <laughs> they, every well, we know Kate. Kate got held back. You didn't meet Kate in this episode, but I did not. Um, Kate got held back. So I guess if everybody else also got held back, she has nothing to worry about. She yeah. doesn't need to be self conscious anymore. And that's the confusing part for me too with this whole um, Gordo thinking he missed the window for his bar mitzvah because seventh grade is the year of the bar and bat mitzvah. Like that is it. That is when it happens. It's true. Um, sometimes even sixth grade because. Like, if you're more observant, a lot of girls get bat mitzvahed when they're 12. So right. I didn't know that. I did. Have, my, my bigger question and my bigger issue was, why is it that two 13, 14-year-old girls are telling a 14-year-old boy what qualifies as becoming a man? <laughs> like, I don't remember that when I was in middle school. Like, I don't remember, you know, my friend being like, hey, that kid started shaving. He's a man now. Like, that was not a thing. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that is the result of this whole this whole scene. That's like the takeaway, right? Like Ethan gets his dirt bike. We see him in this ridiculous outfit. He wears it every day now. Yeah, like full like body armor for his dirt bike. Larry barges in with little tissues all over his face because he did a really bad job <laughs> like shaving like just all like, yeah what a mess <laughs> and gordo the character who gordo's whole thing is i don't care what other people think until there's a whole episode about him where now he suddenly cares about what everybody thinks like he is always you know on his high horse he's very condescending he's very misogynistic and like you wouldn't get that from this one episode but it's like he is often you know telling Lizzie and Miranda like what girl stuff is and like how they should be thinking and feeling about things. It's funny. It's like just so inconsistent. Like, oh, but suddenly. So I guess everybody's just an expert on everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> they just don't know anything about themselves is the yeah. takeaway. I love the like Ethan and Larry dot, dot, dot are just growing up a little faster than you are. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like uh, Ethan taking off his dirt bike helmet in slow motion and then doing like a hair flip? Loved it. <laughs> it was very Scrubs introducing a love interest for yeah. JD. Just a slow-mo, fan-blowing, waving of the hair. Classic. Yeah, and then Miranda's like, I'm sure you'll start shaving someday. Just like so many drags. <laughs> now I'm trying to remember like when the first time I shaved was. And I don't remember. Probably because I just leave my facial hair on my face all the time. Yeah, you like I mean, to say that you were just like, this is how you always looked. This is, this, <laughs> I don't remember a time where I did not look like this. I think I looked like this forever. Yeah, I mean, it, interestingly, I think the first time I shaved was right around my bar mitzvah. Part of me thinks that it might have been like the day of, 
but that was the first um, time you shit that's risky becoming a man it 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 honestly it was either the day of or it was like the week before but like it it wasn't like shaving my entire face like that (laughs) did not come until like several years later like if we're being totally honest And then, it was like shaving just the mustache. And then did you and know that you were was a all man. that there was? <laughs> no, <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> so I guess it's it's not that this idea. Well, I feel in fairness, like... I've I've never owned a dirt bike, so I can't tell you if that would have. Oh, me either. Swung it in the other direction. I feel like the idea that there's like one moment where you just know you're an adult is just crazy. I don't know. Maybe it is true for other people, but I feel like that was not true for me. I still don't feel like an adult. <laughs> like, just... There's that too. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, but this desire to grow up. Also, back to Ethan Graff for a hot second, because there is this like plot thread about his family having financial troubles or like his dad being out of work. So oh, yeah. I want to know like what, how did he turn that around where he's just like <laughs> buying dirt bikes? Yeah, left each and son right. gets a dirt bike. How many are there? It sounds like there's a lot. There's many sons, and they all get one <laughs> dirt all, bike. Yeah, like, so, yeah, basically the opening scene culminates in Gordo is insecure by the boys around him seemingly becoming men before his eyes. So then we cut to the theme song and then we're back and we're still in school and Gordo is acting sophisticated. Yeah, because that will make him a man. Just yeah. like the way that he carries himself. Yeah, he approaches Lizzie at lunch and says, hi, Elizabeth. The name's Lizzie. David. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and they're like, you're not being sophisticated. You're actually being annoying. And Gorda's like, yeah, I am. I guess I'll just be a kid forever. (laughs) I mean, there's no... Very dramatic. (laughs) There's no gray area. It's like (laughs) one or the other. And Gordo says he can't believe that his parents left this crucial... (laughs) left this crucial decision in his hands. Yeah, and he's very, like, ambiguous about it from the jump. And he's like, we're like, what decision? Um, so that's when he says, you know, his bar mitzvah. I just can't believe that my parents left such a crucial decision in my hands. What decision? Well, when to become a man. Okay, I'm Jewish, right? Well, traditionally in my religion, when you turn 13, you have a bar mitzvah. <gasps> a bar? Like, where you drink and stuff at 13? No, it's a ceremony. You started as a child, and when you're finished, you're a man. Ooh, that must take a really long time. No, only about half an hour. You read from the Torah, and... Okay, you lost me again. It's the Bible, the Jewish version. So you read from the Torah, and you sing some prayers, and you give a little speech, and then you have this huge party where they give you tons of money and gifts and stuff. People give you money? And you didn't have one? Well, my parents didn't push me. When they were kids, they didn't have a choice. They wanted me to come to the decision on my own. Now I totally missed the window. Open up, open up! Buku bucks are a stake. Didn't you want a bar mitzvah? I guess I didn't see the point. Like a half-hour ceremony would turn me into a man? Who cares? We're talking about money! Maybe you're like Peter Pan. Doomed to be a boy forever. Ooh, clap if you believe. Tinkerbell, hello. Uh, <laughs> I have so many thoughts. So do I. First off the bat, whoever was in charge of the sound effects for the show must have made so much money. Just so much. I love that you have that take because I talk about the sound effects guy like every episode. It, was, it hit me so hard. I was like, why is there's a sound effect on almost every shot? Yeah. Yeah, I loved the like the Hava Nagila-esque 
music as soon as Cordo starts speaking. I mean, very subtle. This is the first. Is this the first time they've ever talked? I guess about Cordo being Jewish. Like, how do they know none of this? I mean, it's definitely the first um, we hear about it as the audience. It hasn't come up before. I, I guess I don't remember. I guess just because I knew because we've talked about it so much. I don't know. I guess it hasn't come up before now that you say that. Yeah, so I don't think it's come up before. I don't think it will come up since. I think we get this one nice little like Gordo is Jewish okay. package. Yeah, that was such a weird way to introduce <laughs> this concept. What I will say before I start dragging it, okay. um, <laughs> what I will say is that I think I talk a lot about Jewish rep in media and like just like as a writer in children's books and children's media and like there was not a lot of it growing up we got like the passover episode of rugrats which is fantastic i didn't watch rugrats um, i didn't oh, know there was a passover oh my episode god of it's rugrats. it's we'll watch it it's <laughs> it really okay it really does the job but i think for me this was the first time i had ever like seen a bar mitzvah talked about on a children's show and like, I, there's something to be said about them even having the rep there now, like the execution leaves a lot to be desired. And I think the reason that like, I thought I connected with Gorda so much and have like good memories of him, like watching it as a kid is like, he was one of the first Jewish characters I saw on TV. What surprised me about this is that he describes it as just like a half an hour in your life that happens. Like there's no work that goes into it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like Jake, how long did you have to go to classes to, you know, be ready for so, your bar mitzvah? Yeah. I, I mean, I went to preschool at my Hebrew school at my temple and then was in Hebrew school and t- starting basically uh, it was like Sunday school up to fifth grade maybe. And then, and then in fifth grade, it, it's like, twice a week after school granted by the time i was uh bar mitzvah age i basically stopped going to class and would basically only go to hebrew school when i had lessons with whoever I, it wasn't even a cantor it was whoever was helping with like the torah portion and the half torah portion uh and that was like for an hour like once or twice a week so it's it, that did strike me that he was like, yeah, no, you can just you just kind of you pick just, it up. You like, well, it. like you, 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 <laughs> that's not really how it works unless you're like super religious and you're very familiar with Hebrew and everything like that. And Gordo clearly, I, I'm is not, not super religious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm ref, I'm reformed, so we're basically just one step up of, of not being like at all religious at all. Yeah. Um, I, so like my my actual like bar mitzvah ceremony was very short. Uh, but it's not like it was like I just woke up one day and was like, I'm going to have a bar mitzvah. It's going to take 40 <laughs> minutes and I'm done. Yeah, I had a similar upbringing with like Sunday school too. I think I started going to Hebrew school once a week starting in second grade. Started bat mitzvah lessons in like the end of fifth, beginning of sixth because I had my bat mitzvah at the end of seventh grade. It's years. It is years of your life. It's a lot of work. Whether you are, you know, super religious or not, I mean, my family also definitely fell in the, like, less observant, we're, you know, high holiday Jews. But yeah, the fact that you can just, like, wake up one day and be like, huh, I want a bar mitzvah now. <laughs> and then, like, at the end of the uh, this 20-minute episode, execute it. It's wild. Yeah. 
I, I also, it, I found it confusing the way that Gordo presented it, like his parents had left it totally in his hands. Yeah, that really upset me too, in a way, like this idea that, oh, my parents were forced into having this, this ceremony, this like, you know, meaningful <laughs> milestone as if it was like, as if they wished they weren't. It was sort of presented in that way. And so they want to leave the decision up to Gordo and like, I respect the idea of like letting your kids figure out how they connect to their religion and to their culture, but how it was presented left something to be desired. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, I think about that. My mom was not bat mitzvah. My dad was, so my dad was very much for it. I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, if either my sister or I said, I just don't want to do it. If we had pushed hard enough, my parents probably would have relented. But it wasn't like, oh, yeah, no, we're going to, like, leave this up to you. And if you, whenever you're ready to do it, we're going to do it. It was like, that was not, that was not the no. conversation. No. Well, according to this episode, it seems like it's not too late for your mom. If she ever decides that she wants <laughs> that is true. a bat mitzvah, she can just do it in 30 minutes. true. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also, of course, there's, like, the money part of it Mm -hmm. yeah they really Um, leaned into that hard which there's a long history of money and you know anti-semitic tropes being tied to it and just the way they leaned into and lizzie and miranda being like all about the money and this image that really struck me was the cartoon lizzie part where there's this like there's all this money behind a glass door and she's trying to like bang down for it it's like i feel like that's what media leans into a lot like it's not definitely not the first time i've seen that sort of oh you make a ton of money and that's um, why you have and that's why you have a bar mitzvah story Mm -hmm. and i just think it's very harmful to keep putting that out there their whole view of money in this scene was weird because then they start talking about miranda's gonna have a quinceanera and i think lizzie's takeaway is do they give you money there too I just yeah yeah and of course um mariachi music starts playing of course sound guy gotta earn that money (laughs) got to yeah and at the end of the scene cartoon lizzie says l'chaim and do you think that cartoon lizzie knows what l'chaim means i doubt it (laughs) she just found out what a torah is (laughs) so yeah it, it really did just feel like they were learning that gorda was jewish for the first time we all learned right in that moment so that's what a bar mitzvah is. <laughs> and now, then you're a man. Now you're a man. So now we cut to the B story because we always have to have a good Matt McGuire story. Oh, man. Um, this was a weak one for me. I often think that Matt McGuire makes the episodes. Yeah, I and- feel like normally Matt McGuire, like he's a troublemaker, but like he has some good one-liners. He's a little bit more complex here. It's just like, this kid is annoying. This kid is terrible. Yeah, this wasn't a good introduction to Jake for Matt McGuire. He's a lot more. Yeah, this felt like a beginning of the season, Matt McGuire. Yeah, he always. Not an end of season, Matt McGuire. He always has motives. Like, there's always more to it. And in this one, he was just like being a little jerk. Well, also, it just felt like, um, to me, it was almost like he was, what he was doing was not as important as just the fact that they're trying to point out that, like, Sam is like a bad dad. Yeah. So it was like what he was doing was inconsequential. It was just like, oh, you're clueless. You don't know what to do now. Yeah. And I mean, again, this wouldn't be a problem for Sam if he just went to work. Like, <laughs> that's true. 
<laughs> like if he went to do his job, maybe he wouldn't be called out for doing nothing. But, you know, end of season one, we still don't know what he does. Yeah, we have a recurring <laughs> sort of gag on this show of like trying to trying deduce to get, yeah, what, trying to guess what his profession Sam McGuire does. What do you think, Jake, what do you think Sam McGuire's job is? Car salesman. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new one. We haven't, previously we were leaning that he was more like, maybe he was like a Hollywood agent or a manager. Because I think clearly they live in California and he gets that tickets. work. He gets tickets to random events, but um, also- he got to. Go meet Aaron Carter. He did. He got tickets to go see Aaron Carter. But maybe he could also have done that if he was Aaron Carter's car salesman. Maybe. So. <laughs> also, does 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 Matt go to school? <laughs> like, shouldn't he be in school? So Matt wants to go to school, but just sometimes they don't. They just don't let him. I don't even know what that means. But I gotta get back to school. <laughs> Yeah, um, we also talk about this a lot because the the way the A story and the B story often line up and it's this back and forth between the two, Lizzie's will be at school and Matt's will be at home. Yeah, the timeline just The timelines never make sense. Matt McGuire is never in school when yeah. he should be. But at least when he's not in school, he's being entrepreneurial. Yeah, I mean, this was a good, good scheme. <laughs> yeah. It's a good scheme if he doesn't get caught four times. True. True. <laughs> yeah. I, so the doorbell rings and Matt is being sort of like held by the collar by the neighbor. Matt has been stealing oranges from her trees. Maybe I don't know enough about oranges, but he said he's stolen like three dozen oranges from one tree. Is that possible? I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> How is that possible? Like, does this, like, as soon as you pick an orange, does another orange just grow from this tree? That's like some Animal Crossing level. <laughs> it is. Like that's, there's that no is... way that there's that many oranges on one tree. I know. That's just so many. I just, also, I don't he had understand. one like in his sleeve? I mean, that was crafty. Yeah. That was crafty. That was crafty, but Making like... Making a pocket out of your short sleeve. Yeah, and it was the fourth time this week. Fourth time fourth time this week that he's been caught. Yeah. Like, come on. After the second, third, like, find a new strategy here. I know. <laughs> and this is where we get the um, boys will be boys line. You feel like if this is the fourth time, there should be a more severe punishment. They just, like, both Joe and Sam are kind of underwhelming. Like, their responses are underwhelming in this moment. I can yeah. see how Mrs. Robinson would be upset and not believe them that they're going <laughs> to yeah. actually do anything. I agree. But yeah, the boys will be boys line was not a great look for Sam. I want to set that line on fire and just, like, never hear it again in my life. The thing is, Joe is definitely more upset about what happened than Sam. Sam seems kind of impressed at what Matt did. <laughs> he seems like, you know what? That's my boy. Like, he's very, <laughs> he's hustling, which is just like the wrong message for Matt and for Mrs. Robinson, who is standing right there. And for the audience. And for the audience. And Joe's going on strike. She's done being a parent, I guess. That this is it. She is sick of having two boys to discipline. If Matt gets in trouble, which he will, you are in charge. If Lizzie needs something, you are in charge, which I didn't understand, like, bringing, you know, Lizzie into this. Joe's but she's done. just, like, she's totally done. on strike. Um, <laughs> she quit. And I thought it was very, um, I just, like, wrote that, like, Sam McGuire's face is just, like, instant regrets. <laughs> like, just, like, what have I done? 
it's a pretty sweet move though to just be like, all right, I'm done now. I'm gonna I'm gonna go hang out and you know eat and chill and not clean. It's your problem now. And yeah, she, it's like, a baller that, move. Wouldn't that be nice? She can do that because Sam McGuire never goes to work. It's true. Yeah, and it's like she gets to do all the things. Like she like Sam McGuire is probably just lounging around watching TV, chilling. You know, like there is something to be said for that trope of the mom who has to, you know, parent the adult. Like he, she definitely does Sam McGuire's laundry. She definitely cooks for him because we saw for how sure. he cooks. And oh, he's a terrible cook. <laughs> he's very bad at it. Like just the man in the relationship being another child and not a full adult. And, and I think what's even more concerning, if we can fast forward a little bit, is maybe the takeaway from this story, which is basically like, if Sam is bad at it, Joe is just going to step back in and do it anyways. Yes, yeah, messy. What was the point of this story? <laughs> but I digress. I jump. Yeah, I, we'll I, get there. I, I fast forwarded. So in the next scene, so now we're back to Gordo and his big problem. He informs Lizzie and Miranda that he went on a quest to see how his brothers in the adult world became adults. And their response, which was also your response, was, you have brothers? <laughs> I mean, we're learning everything about Gordo in this moment. So I, 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 it's totally possible. But no, the brothers are philosoph- they're philosophically his brothers. And they're just men. They're just grown. Yeah, they're like just grown, grown adult men. men. <laughs> Yeah, he interviewed... I, I had a lot of questions. <laughs> Some of them, like, very old I had a men. lot of questions about that. Yeah. <laughs> first, I was like, oh, he talked to a bunch of, like, Jewish people. So that was the first thing that I was like... Oh, nope, none of them are... None <laughs> okay. of them seemed Jewish. Second of all, where did you find these men? <laughs> so, <laughs> like, fun fact, two of the men we have seen before... Oh, the duo. Yes. They continue to make, the, like, a recurring appearance, even, like, into season two. Yes, they were the two men who choked at the movie theater. Right. Oh, that was the big thing I wanted to tell you. Apparently, oh. they're writers on the show. Oh, I didn't know that part. Yeah, they show up because they're writers on the show. They have a recurring role in the second season. At one point, they co-parent a chimpanzee, and that becomes, like, a recurring... Okay, how is this even part of the show? <laughs> Like what you're describing to me just like doesn't doesn't make sense with the show that we are watching. Yeah, we'll get there. Sorry. Like, I, I, two random men co-parent a chimpanzee, Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is supposed to be a spoiler-free podcast. Oh man! But that is just like too. I don't even know if that's a spoiler because even by the time we get to it, you're just gonna be like, "What is happening?" <laughs> I'm like, "What is happening right now?" Okay, sorry. Men. I thought I thought I had some really, you know, interesting information, but apparently I was the last person to know. I mean, you're talking to a Lizzie <laughs> McGuire super fan here. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, he finds all these random people. There was the guy with the tattoos. Sonny um, Reed. Sonny Reed. Became yeah. a man in 1964 <laughs> um, by getting his first tattoo when he was 16. Sam McGuire became a man at 15 and a half by learning how to drive. And getting in a car accident. <laughs> Those two writers were described as two big men. I did not really yeah. catch how they became men. Uh, they painted their faces for the Super Bowl. That was when they became men. Then we get Will Rainwater. He became a man in 1938. He's old. <laughs> <laughs> and one day his father took him to the lake and said... You will catch your first fish and become a man. And he did catch a fish 
with his bare hands, and he was 11. I have mixed feelings about Will Rainwater. <laughs> like, Go off. I think that it's good that like a Native American person got an opportunity, but I feel like they presented it as a joke, which I feel like is not great. I don't know. It just it felt a little weird. Like the fact yeah. that his name was Will Rainwater, I felt like they wanted that to be a joke. I don't know. It just felt like a, a joke that missed to me. It something didn't feel right when I was watching it. Was the whole like catching a fish with my bare hands thing just yeah. feels like something that's been played out over and over again. That he was eleven, like I don't have anything to like go off about. It's just like something didn't no, sit it right. Was, it's the same feeling I get every time like we talk about Lanny. It's like okay, here's the representation of having, like, a black boy on the show, an opportunity for that actor, but then you're literally silencing him. Like, you're not giving him a speaking role. So it's just, like, another, like, every time yeah. there's, like, a, a hit similar. and a miss. Jake, one thing that uh, I noticed was the two big guys who grew up at the Super Bowl do one of the DeBears things. I don't know yeah. You, you caught that. I, I caught that. Can, I did catch that. Can they do that? <laughs> I guess. I guess. <laughs> but also, like, was that still, a, was that, like, the right time for that reference? Was I, 2002 <laughs> the right time for the, you know. I don't know. 85 Bears jokes? I don't, I don't know. Of course, this is from the SNL skit. Are you familiar? No. You don't know that? Come on. That's a big, that's a, that's a famous one. It's not ringing a bell. I'm sorry. The bears. The bulls. No, still nothing. Sorry. I don't really know how to explain it any further <laughs> than that. That's pretty much the entire That's really sketch. all there is. That's all there is to it. <laughs> That's pretty much the whole sketch. So if you, don't, if you don't get it from that, I guess you just don't know. So, oh, I can't forget about Edward Sanchez, Miranda's dad. Yes. He became a man when he met Miranda's <laughs> mom, and I think we all know what that means. We sure do. And now... Gordo knows what he needs to do, leading into montage number one. Oh, yeah. Jake, if you're unfamiliar, there has to be at least one montage in every episode. This episode, we were lucky we got two montages. Classic. <laughs> but there's got to be at least one in every episode. So, yeah, it's a montage of Gordo trying to do all the things described by the men in his documentary and then some. So he tries to get a tattoo, which... <laughs> which is like not happen in real life like like three 13 year olds walk into a tattoo can parlor. three 13 year olds even get like an ear pierced without <laughs> without a guardian so. that's a good question if you can't do that there's no way you're gonna get a tattoo and then he's like i'm gonna drive a car it's just like sitting in the driver's seat of a parked car it's like when you go to home depot and you just sit in the tractor yeah and just like drive it around yeah and then yeah there's like a, a reference to Ethan Kraft's dirt bike, um, him putting shaving cream on his face, sticking his hand into an aquarium to try to catch a fish. It, it's all a fail. When you mentioned shaving, it reminded me of something. Like, why do they all have the fanciest like shaving kits with like the weird brush? <laughs> like when I was first learning how to shave, it was like, take out the shaving cream rub it, put it on your face, and then just shave it off. Like, they have all these, like, fancy these fancy equipment things. Yeah, also, like, he was actually using a razor. Like, there's nothing to, <laughs> there's no hair. Yeah. Like, 
there's no scenario where you're not just going to cut your face open. It's just razor <laughs> on skin. Yeah. Don't watch this show for shaving lessons. because Definitely will, not. You will be highly disappointed in the results. He's becoming a man, though. <laughs> it's true. You really know you're a man when you've sliced your face open and then you have a scar for the rest <laughs> of your life. Yeah, you got, you got to have tiny tissues all over your face like Larry Tudgman. Marissa, when you got a tattoo, did you know you were a woman? <laughs> no. <laughs> Gordo basically says, you know, for a man, there isn't like one defining moment. But like with girls, at least you know because it's biological. I mean, we did get an entire episode of Lizzie and Miranda demanding to go get a bra. Yeah, I this, guess that was their moment, right? I think Gordo was talking about the other thing. Oh, you think? Oh, <laughs> I got you. I, I got think Gordo you. was talking about periods. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's but it's quite um, charming that you took it to the bra place. It's a PG podcast. A P- I keep it PG. Period. Oh, my God. <laughs> what are you insinuating? I keep it Lizzie McGuire wholesome. If it didn't happen in the sh- if it didn't happen in the show, if it's not on the soundboard, you know, this is th- I live in the soundboard. Oh my god! How- yeah, imagine a world where they talk about periods on <laughs> yeah, Lizzie McGuire. Been the episode instead of a bra. <laughs> There's actually a really great episode about um, periods on Diary of a Future President, a new Disney Plus show. So see, that's the Disney has evolved. Disney has. <laughs> Disney, well, Disney Plus has evolved. Plus I don't know has. if you would see that on Disney Channel. Disney Plus has not evolved enough for them to let Lizzie McGuire be done the way Hillary Duff wants Lizzie <laughs> McGuire to be done. Oh, Jake. She pulled oh, Jake. the plug. Oh, Jake. Uh, yeah. We have talked about this I at mean, length. When we started this podcast, we started it in February, and we thought that like by the time we caught up, we'd have new episodes to talk about. Yeah, that was kind of the whole impetus for like starting this podcast was... The and remake. I doubt that we'll ever get to that point. So, you know. Hulu's if... got to step in. <laughs> and this pandemic has to end. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point. Yeah. I think that's where we were at, like, before, you know, coronavirus was, like, Lizzie, I mean, Hillary Duff, the real human, and Terry Minsky, the showrunner, were very vocal about, like, wanting to bring it to Hulu to do it because they want they want lizzie to have sex they want her to be you know a 30 year old woman she's still gonna be talking about her bra <laughs> <laughs> as a as a 35 year old and woman. like she should be because like the whole disney studio approach of it being family friendly like no like this isn't going to be a show for you know today's children this is going to be the show for me for and for jake's sister and for the girls who are now women who grew up loving Lizzie McGuire. That's true. Can you imagine yourself at six being like, I just want to watch a show about a 35-year-old woman <laughs> just like running around New York? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not the target audience. Not the audience. Especially, you know, she's not going to, she's going to be single. She's not going to have kids. Like they can't do like a Raven's Home thing where, or like a Girl Meets World where they bring back the nostalgia, but it's actually about the new kids. Like this yeah. is just going to be about Lizzie. As it should be. But that's a whole tangent. (laughs) That that is a whole tangent. Anyways. Anyways. Sorry. You're right. Gordo says it's biological. We all know what that means. And then Gordo talks about being a guy. Says it's a guy thing. You guys just can't understand. Gordo does this a lot. He's just like, he's so misunderstood. Nobody gets him. (laughs) 
<laughs> to which our argument is always like, Gordo, like you can get some guy friends. Like, <laughs> Oh, I tell Gordo he needs new friends every day. <laughs> yeah, he gets like super self-deprecating too. He's like, I better go. It's getting near my bedtime anyway. In this scene, we also get the weirdest cartoon Lizzie moment I think we've gotten in the entire series. I don't normally take notes on the cartoon Lizzie stuff because the cartoon Lizzie stuff is kind of like she's just an unreliable narrator. So <laughs> I kind of just let it go most of the time. But yeah, it was weird. Yeah, she says like, what's the rush, Gordo? Girls mature first. Me, me, me. And then transforms into a baby. Yeah, I don't I don't know. what I don't get it. I don't get it either. It was <laughs> I was just like, why? It was a choice. It was it, a choice they made. It was a choice. It was a choice. You have to think about, like, they spent time animating this. <laughs> it takes time to animate this kind of stuff. Like, they have to really be dedicated to these lines. I always think about that, too, because we always get bloopers, and there's always, like, an animated blooper as well. Mm-hmm. And it's like someone took the time to, like, Like, they are all in a on, blooper. They're all in on that line. From there, we go back to Matt, and Sam trying to discipline him but matt is just totally owning him joe is sitting in the living room the entire time and she's like filing her nails and just being like super passive aggressive i mean she's on a vacation a staycation i guess yeah to which she leaves and sam says that matt gets three weeks of kitchen cleanup but it's not for the prank it's for making sam look bad (laughs) in front of joe (laughs) So that's kind of where Sam McGuire is at right now. And then we get our second montage. Yeah. And it's just a sequence of that same shot that we got at the beginning of Matt's story with the doorbell ringing and the door opening to a different neighbor that Matt has, you know, pranked in some way. So he like stuck a garden hose into someone in someone's mailbox and their mail was all wet. What? He like made a mud pit or a mudslide or something. I don't know. He was covered in mud. Both of them are muddy. Both of them were covered in mud. I don't know. And he also shaved Coco, the neighbor's dog, and like gave him a mohawk. This leads Sam to make another blanket statement about behavior. Behavior, your attitude are just so bad. (laughs) It's just so bad. (laughs) I like the pause. Just so, you can can see the ellipse, the ellipses, just like forming. Yeah. And he's like, nailed it. (laughs) yeah so sam doesn't know what he's gonna do sam is overwhelmed yeah and that's just like be zen like do nothing yeah talk to your brother david carradine (laughs) learn how to be zen yeah and then sam is so bad at this he's now asking matt what his mom would do (laughs) matt what should your punishment be (laughs) (laughs) and he's really just like a mess he's kind of pacing he's just he, he just ends up telling Matt to go to his room and we get the sound effect of like the like, eh, eh, every time he like says the wrong thing. He says the wrong thing a lot um, in this scene. Yeah, and Joe's like, you're a total amateur. Again, super passive aggressive, but yep. off duty. Lizzie comes in and asks to, you know, talk to her mom, but mom's even done with Lizzie. <laughs> Lizzie's had no part of this. I, know, Lizzie, I feel a little bit bad for Lizzie because <laughs> like, she's totally blown up. Like Lizzie walks in and- her mom is just like, no, I'm not talking to anybody. <laughs> it's like, and Joe McGuire loves nothing more than a good like mother-daughter bonding moment. So I felt like this was a little out of character, I, um, despite the strike. Like I season one finale, Joe is just done with everything. <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> she's yeah. ready for this season to be over. Also, and she's like, 
maybe you'll be better at this than disciplining storms off. But that does lead to somehow a teachable moment. Yeah, and a meaningful conversation. I saw you in Gordo's movie. Oh, yeah? Did that come out okay? Pretty good. Gordo still feels like a kid, though. <laughs> yeah. I remember what that feels like. It feels light. Light? I knew we didn't speak the same language. You know, like eating an ice cream cone and it's dripping down the side of your hand, or you're playing baseball in the street and the sun's about to set, or staying up late just because it's fun. <laughs> Why else would you stay up late? <laughs> because it's the only time you have to eat your dinner, or pay your bills, or do your laundry. But it's okay, because by the time you get to go to sleep, you really feel like you've accomplished something for yourself and for your family. It's a nice feeling. I guess that's what it feels like to be grown up. Sometimes. <laughs> hey, um, what do you think Matt's punishment should be? <laughs> what do you do? Would you like to get an ice cream with me? I'd love to. <laughs> oh, that, that meaningful music you know what it struck me on this listen that this moment had such an impact on me it, it kind of reminded me of um our favorite ted danson scene in the good place when he's sort of like talking about all oh, of the I love things that, that he wants to do when he's human. It had that same sort of whimsy, I, I think. I wanted to tell someone, take it sleazy. <laughs> I wanted to eat a saltine. Yeah, that's a good that's a good comp, I guess. It, it, just, it just had that same sort of like... It doesn't get the music, though. It doesn't get the music, but it had that same sort of like <laughs> wistfulness. I thought it was funny. Like, Sam makes paying bills sound so fulfilling. It's something that he really <laughs> loves to do. Like, auto pay is really going to ruin his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> when he doesn't get to do that anymore yeah i don't know jake was this actually good advice or is this just good advice or is this bad advice masked by weird music it, is it even advice <laughs> it, it just felt like a lot of words <laughs> i mean uh, on the second listen it actually sounded like what he was saying was coherent when i first watched it i was like what is this dude, what is this man talking about and he's talking about ice cream world, yeah in what world does it make sense to what gordo's problems are but I guess to a certain extent it does. I mean, I guess somewhere buried in there, it's like, don't, don't rush it. It's, it's nice not having to worry about, you know, staying up late because you got to pay the bills instead of just staying up late just because. And then does he not remember what Matt did? I don't is, think so. Is that <laughs> he gets another um, like wrong answer sound effect. Just pivots to ice cream. He, he got, he got his one win in and then he was like, all right, I'll take it. I'm going to go celebrate. <laughs> and it's like, Matt does so many things. Like, you could even just make something up, and there's a good chance that Matt's done that. So yeah. the fact that he just comes up with nothing is a little concerning, considering I remember all the things that Matt did. Yeah, and you're not even his parent. I'm not even his parent. He shaved the dog. He painted the lawn green. Yeah. He came back. He came home muddy. I don't know. Again, I don't know what that one was. Then we are in Gordo's house for the first time. We meet his parents for the first time. Sam's reaction was, whoa, whoa, whoa. This just like doesn't make sense. Like we never get scenes that are like Gordo or Miranda just like on their own living their life. This is pretty clearly a show that's centered around the Maguires. 
And so many things that happen to Gordo, he'll end up just like describing the next day. He's like, even in this episode, he was like, oh, I went on a spiritual journey. Well, then why didn't we see it? Why are we getting Gordo in his dining room and we didn't get Gordo's spiritual journey? It doesn't make sense. It just really it out of place POV yeah. switch. It's a super out of place POV switch. And honestly, the POV switches in general are a little weird because Cartoon Lizzie is narrating the entire series. Yeah. So the fact that we are now getting this insight into Gordo's dining room just felt wrong. You're right. Yeah, we never see any character on their own like this ever. Yeah, when did this become the Gordo show? Season one finale, <laughs> Lizzie McGuire. Yeah, Gordo again. We heard this earlier, but now he's saying it directly to his parents. He can't believe that they left such an important decision in his hands. To which his, you know, therapist dad mutters, Ugh, classic transference. <laughs> yeah. He's our son, Howard. Don't shrink him. And Gordo says, you know, you guys tell me when and how to do everything else. So, like, you know, what's up with this? <laughs> I think Gordo's dad sits him down and basically gives him a speech about how he's just always been a late bloomer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was not a very motivational speech, Remember in my opinion. Remember when you were six and you still needed, you know, to have the training wheels <laughs> on your bike. Yeah. And Gordo's like, yeah, didn't people laugh at me? And he's like, yeah, they did. But you weren't ready. It wasn't motivational. Did you find it motivational? No. He's just like, oh, remember when you got bullied for that thing? You just weren't ready yet. You'll be fine. Yeah. And now Gordo feels like he missed out on something. His bar mitzvah should have been a year ago, and it's too late now. And his dad's like, maybe, but, you know, now you, you've you taken the time to search and question. And now Gordo's ready. His spiritual quest led him to the decision. Something's happened because... This entire episode is about Gordo like wanting to be a man and then somehow it just switches to him wanting a bar mitzvah. But like nothing, none of his interviews would have led him to that space. None of his conversations with his parents would have led him to that space. No, like we don't get any sort of like connecting with his Judaism in any way, shape or form or any sort of, you know, Jewish philosophy, Jewish customs, Jewish anything like there's nothing like he doesn't interview like you know his rabbi i mean i i am heavily assuming that like wait sunny reed was not his rabbi <laughs> <laughs> i'm leaning into the assumption that like the gordons don't go to temple but they found you know that there was a temple where he had his bar mitzvah so like why wasn't any sort of judaism infused into this episode in any way yeah, it's just like the way that he came to this conclusion just felt like a jump. Well, it's like he had it in his back pocket. He tried everything else. He tried the shaving. He tried the dirt bike. He tried the tattoo. He's like, all right, I guess I'll just do that 30-minute ceremony that I could just like <laughs> dial up. Yeah, never went to classes. Just wing it one day. I speak Hebrew. It's fine. <laughs> it's an easy language. Marissa had so many thoughts about the actual ceremony. I do. <laughs> also, the fact that, you know, we spend, again, from like, elementary school on learning how to read Hebrew in preparation for, you know, our bar and bat mitzvahs. And it's literally just learning how to phonetically read the language. Like, at least, you know, in my experience, like, I don't understand Hebrew. I have no clue what anything actually means that I'm reading outside of, like, reading the English translation for it that accompanies it. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a 
such hard language to yeah. learn. It's a whole, it's a whole alphabet. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. <laughs> what I've retained is like Abba is dad, Ima is mom, Adonai, God. Yeah, you're not fluent. Oh, I'm no, not even no. like conversational. <laughs> yeah, I can like read the words because I know the alphabet, but I can't. I, the, the comprehension is like not there. Well. It is for Gordo. He knows Gordo's everything. Gordo's got it. Got, Gordo knows that Hebrew alphabet like the back he had, of his hand. He had it. He was ready. <laughs> He's ready to go. I'll talk more about that when we get to, you know, the two-minute bar mitzvah. We're almost close. there. We are We're almost so there. We're so close. Uh, first, we have to finish the Matt story. And he's just cleaning the living room. <laughs> it's the only punishment his dad keeps coming back to. And we learn that, like... Sam McGuire has evolved from not knowing what his son has done to deserve punishments to just like punishing him for every little thing <laughs> that he does. Like this is a punishment. He's not really cleaning. <laughs> just waving the thing around in the air. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think the Sam McGuire takeaway is the best part. Like Sam McGuire has realized it's better to be feared than loved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, this was a punishment for oversleeping, and it was an accident. But does dad care? Nope. <laughs> well, in fairness to Sam McGuire, it's hard to tell with Matt when things are an accident versus when he's done something on purpose. And he yeah. has to clean the house, mow the lawn, and wash the car for oversleeping. And now Joe McGuire is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Just because you overslept, like, you had to have done something else. Matt's like, no. But again, can we trust Matt? Oh, no. <laughs> but apparently there's a baseline. If Matt forgets to flush the toilet, Sam will make him clean the chimney. How he cleans the chimney, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, he's a chimney sweeper now. Does he have to get on the roof? How do you? How does one even clean a chimney? Don't know. <laughs> you know, I only just like that the scene from Mary Poppins is the only like thing that <laughs> jumped into my head. Well, that's why I'm like, do they have to get on the roof to do yeah. that? I don't know. Yeah, step in time. Yeah, but then if he if he cuts Lizzie's hair while she's sleeping, dot 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 dot, dot we never find out the consequence to that. But Joe has a consequence. There's like a preemptive consequence, and it's what grounded for a week. Yeah, and basically the result of this scene is that Sam McGuire is so clueless that Joe McGuire has to you know give up her strike and parent again. He can't even punish his child right. And He's like, just such a failure. And Matt wants his mom back he misses being punished by her which is like a weird that's a sadist what can we say <laughs> my notes are like they hug this is so weird but yeah because of the plan to cut lizzie's hair matt is grounded until next week and he's like good glad to be back in business with you mom not a great b story no unsatisfying very unsatisfying it's the implication that he's just like not actually gonna stay grounded like is he just gonna be like all right cool i'm grounded sure i think so yeah. i feel like he thinks he can get a, any kind of can i guess get away with whatever he wants to because he kind of i mean has a good track record of that his parents are soft now it's the moment it's, we've all been waiting for it's time for a bar mitzvah <laughs> finally a- in an episode called gordo's bar mitzvah we finally get to the bar mitzvah there is like four minutes left in the episode at this point <laughs> I mean, um, this is going to take half an hour. We're going to zoom through this. We start with exterior shots of a temple. Lizzie and Miranda are, you know, dressed up and like everybody is dressed appropriately for a bar mitzvah ceremony. The men are wearing yarmulkes. It's there. It's happening. Um, we get a weird scene first with Mr. Sanchez saying that he's 
proud of Miranda for having such great friends. <laughs> Very random. This has come up before, right? We've talked about a similar line to this. We have. In one of the first episodes, um, Joe McGuire is listing like 10 things that are great about Lizzie. And one of them is that is, she has great friends, yeah. which is not a thing about her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is a recurring it's a callback. Theme. Lizzie says, let's go watch Gordo grow up. Miranda says, now that Gordo is going to be a man when this is over, do you think things between us are going to be different? I mean, you know what I think about that. <laughs> Jake, I have a theory that Gordo and Miranda have like a secret like Ron and Hermione thing going on. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah. So, I mean, everything that they end up saying about each other, I think just confirms that. Like, why would things be different between Gordo and Miranda after he becomes a man? Maybe the twist is like, because we get this really big pivot in season two with like Gordo likes Lizzie, but maybe that's because Lil Lane just like straight up disappears halfway through the season. <laughs> and then the writers are like, well. Okay, so you got to go this direction go now. the other way. Yeah. Because like when you first brought this theory up earlier in the season, I was totally, you know, aghast. You were skeptical. I was skeptical, but the crumbs are there. They are. They are laying the groundwork something to happen so now we have the ceremony gordo at the bema giving his speech i didn't really write down his speech because i was annoyed at this point and <laughs> it was just more about you know the becoming a man yeah he talked a lot about like trying all these different things and he just realized that what he whatever he did had to be right for him yeah that interviewing all those men made him realize who he's not it really stressed me out that this like random man was just sort of like holding the Torah in the background for the entire service. Yeah, I think once you saw that, you just like, you stopped paying attention. You were just sitting there going like, it's too heavy. There's no way. <laughs> it's just like, I feel like the writers just need to be like, look, here's a Torah. Let's just like gratuitously display it, um, but not actually do the like rituals that you do with the Torah during the service. I mean, there's only two minutes left. And then, and then what really got me was when he just sort of like passes it off to Gordo and Gordo's just like handling it himself, like no problem. Like just like holding it by the scroll handles. I've never held a Torah. How heavy is it? It's fairly heavy. Fairly they're he they're pretty hefty. It's a lot. It's, it's the Bible. Too much for a 14 year old. It's a lot. Like I told you, like every service, every like Rosh Hashanah, Rabbi Silverman holds up the Torah scroll above his head and you can visibly see his arm shaking. <laughs> like it's, it's a heavy thing. Um, normally when it is out during the service, it's very much, and like it would be out for a good portion of the service. And usually, you know, like a paternal, like a grandfather or some sort of paternal figure would be holding it and they'd be sitting in a chair and it would be resting on their lap. It's the little things. It's the details for me. They don't pay attention yeah. to details on this show. Um, <laughs> Gordo, they undress the Torah. He um, starts saying the prayers before the Torah reading. We do get Hebrew. It is pronounced correctly. That is something. But yeah, we get that sort of um, documentary moment where it's like David Gordon became a man today. Today. And the episode just ends. End of season. Yeah. That was the bar mitzvah. abrupt. <laughs> Just roll credits. <laughs> End of season one. Yeah. it's. Do you like how season one of Lizzie McGuire ends with 
Gordo becoming a man. (laughs) There's just so much to say about the like gender and like the sexism and the we just centered a man in the season one finale. You're right. Like I think you you talked about this at the beginning, but like you would expect the last episode of Lizzie McGuire to be about Lizzie McGuire. And it's <laughs> the last filmed episode of the season was the Lizzie and Kate episode. Mm. Would that have been a better finale? I think it would have. I think it would have too. I think it would have. It would have left it on a little bit of a like almost like cliffhanger note of like, oh, those relationship dynamics are potentially changing, but not heading into a new season. So Jake, thoughts about the episode overall, now that we've kind of walked through it. Listen, it's not the worst like 20 minutes I've ever spent, uh, but it is, it's kind of a jumble. It's uh, doesn't totally make sense that it's mostly about Gordo and not the titular character, you know? Uh, it's a little bit misleading to sit down and be like, oh, she's not really in this episode that often. It has its moments, uh, but for the most part, it is, you know, very early 2000s children show. You wanted to talk about the Andy Mack bar mitzvah episode that we just watched also as like a comparison. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about this quickly because Andy Mack is another Disney Channel show. It aired, I think it finished airing last year. It had like a three season run from like 2016 to 2019. And it was created by the same showrunner as Lizzie McGuire. And it has a similar sort of dynamic. You know, the Andy Mack is the main character. She has her best girlfriend, her best guy friend. Um, the guy friend is Jewish. I mean, I just made you watch it with me, Sam. Isn't it like a total, like as wrong as Lizzie McGuire got? It was like as right to me as Andy Mack got it. Yeah, I thought that was a... I, so I've been to like a couple bar and bought mitzvahs now, and I thought that that was a much more accurate representation of that event because it spanned the entire episode, first of all. So it made the title of the episode make a lot more sense. But then when you got there, there was just like the small details. Like it, it was, started off with the ceremony, but then there was like the whole after party and you're wearing the plastic hats and like, I don't yeah. know. I just thought like it got all the details right. And then there's like the bad dancing there's like one choreographed dance that you're like, eh, did we need the choreographed dance? But like been there. So I just felt like, yeah, it got all the details right where this episode just, it shouldn't have been called Gordo's Bar Mitzvah, honestly. No. It should have been called like Gordo Becomes a Man or something because the Bar Mitzvah was such a small part of it. Yeah. And like in Andy Mack, like you said, the it's, and it's a two part episode too. They dedicate like a full 45 minutes to this, to this characters bar mitzvah although then the bar mitzvah got a little bit crazy there was like a fortune teller like (laughs) it started becoming like way too big a bar mitzvah for me to have ever been invited to yeah it was like a super (laughs) they had a party planner you know like there was like a bounce house thing that you you were tied to i don't know like crazy things were happening jake what what was the craziest thing that happened at your bar mitzvah I honestly don't remember. My bar mitzvah was pretty wild. I mean, my dad got really, 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 really drunk. So his speech was pretty ridiculous. Other than that, I mean, my bar mitzvah was big, but there wasn't anything like really outlandish that we did. Um, I remember my sister's bat mitzvah. Um, her theme was like the E True Mollywood story because we didn't really know what to do. So my sister, like in the entranceway leading into the um, the venue, they had two like spotlights 
shooting like out into the sky and they were so bright that like neighbors like miles away were like what the hell is going on what is that nice so there was that i mean i've seen some pretty crazy things at bar mitzvahs i i went to a bar mitzvah of a of a kid that i went to hebrew school with played basketball with and nate robinson was there the basketball player Um, nate robinson the basketball player he was there during the cocktail hour that's crazy. Um, that was pretty Robinson. weird. <laughs> so uh, I, I've seen some things that have been pretty ridiculous, uh, but nothing was that crazy at my bar mitzvah. Marissa, you're, you've told me about your bar mitzvah before, and it sounds pretty tame also. I had a pretty small bar mitzvah comparatively. You didn't um, have a cartoonist at your bar at your bat mitzvah? No, I did not have a cartoon. I had a DJ, you know, pretty standard. You gotta it have was, a DJ. You gotta have a DJ. Yeah. But it was a pretty yeah. it, it was a pretty modest affair compared to I mean, you've been to a few of my cousins bar and bat mitzvahs that were definitely a little bit more in line, but not as intense as what we saw in Andy Mac, but a little yeah. more with like the hired dance troupe and like The <laughs> hired dance troupe is my favorite. They're like these hired people who are just on the dance floor trying to encourage everybody to dance and you're like no i don't really want to but they're like they're so energetic yeah they like just pump everyone up yeah and like the photo oh actually that reminds me um sorry to interrupt at my sister's bat mitzvah one of the dancers went on to win america's got talent no way as like a solo or like part of a group as as a solo dancer i think (laughs) oh my gosh like That's, I remember it was just like years later and like we had turned on America's Got Talent and my mom was like, oh my God, I know that guy. <laughs> like, oh, cool. Wow. Oh my God, you do have stories. <laughs> Let me see if I can find his name. But yeah, Andy Mack just really I, yeah, I mean, got it. Yeah, just the point is that like if it's all in the details, I feel like Andy Mack got those details and this show just like, Even, like didn't have any as details. As simple as like, I think I reacted so strongly to the Gordo temple scene because it almost felt like disrespectful in a way, I guess, to me. Like Because it didn't have those details. Because it didn't have those details. Like even like the little moments in Cyrus's bar mitzvah where you see him holding the Torah and walking, you know, up and down the aisles and the congregation, like, you know, kissing their talit. Those little things and him actually you know, chanting from the Torah, like an actual Torah portion and not just like the, you know, Baruch at Adonai that like everyone knows. Yeah, it doesn't... Like he put real work into... I was going to say, doesn't everybody do that part? If you have... I think it was the Vehafta. And that's like the... Typically there are like aliyahs prior to the bar bat mitzvah. That's the part where like family members come up and like the congregation repeats the line. It's pretty standard. Like you do it at like... Every time the Torah is read, you hear that... Mm -hmm. Got you. But yeah, but like you could tell that there was real work and real care that went into the preparation of that episode and like the Torah part first, the speech part after. It just Oh yeah, you you didn't like that they had flipped it around. Gordo did a speech first. It's just all wrong. It's, just... <laughs> it's all wrong. The Hava Nagila, the ch- the you know, chair dancing, not mentioning the money and like even like in Andy Mac because it is more of a more a more serialized show where the continuity really matters in that show there's a lot of build-up to the bar mitzvah like he is referencing it episodes prior to the day like prep so you know that he's doing the work so you know that he's doing the work yeah yeah (laughs) i love it um did you find (laughs) i'm just gonna ask that too did you find who you were talking about 
I did. Um, his name is Kenichi Ebina. He won the eighth season of America's about. Got Talent on September 18th, 2013. Oh my God. My yeah, brother, he was at my, my brother loves Kenichi. That's yeah, crazy. That guy was at my sister's bat mitzvah. He's really good. Very good. Oh, you, you I know, know you're talking yeah. You know Kenichi as well? I do. That's oh, a wow. that's a big deal. That's And you got him before he was famous. Yeah. Pretty it was pretty wild. I remember my mom turned the TV on and I was like, I know that guy. He was <laughs> he was that. He was there. Yeah. Like, oh, that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. That's really all I've got on my episode feelings of Gorda's yeah. Bar Mitzvah. Should we Yeah, we can dive into outfits really quickly. I don't think it's anything crazy. We open up, Gordo, Lizzie, and Miranda are chilling in the hallway, staring at Ethan Kraft. Gordo in a polo, but it's still too big for him. A new look, but same style. Maybe if Gordo wore clothes that fit him better, he wouldn't feel so much like a child. But because (laughs) he wears clothes that just are so big, he just doesn't feel like an adult. I do feel like that's very early 2000s. Like you look at like movie premieres from the 2000s and you're just like, (laughs) why are you wearing a suit that's made for someone who's 19 feet tall? (laughs) Like Michael Jordan wearing suits in like the late 90s that were for someone who, and he's like, what, 6'6"? He was wearing a suit for a guy that's seven foot six. (laughs) Yeah, that's Gordo's whole look. He loves baggy shirts. Miranda's got like mistletoe in her hair. What is this? What, What are we looking at here? I remember those kinds of hair elastics that have sort of like bobble type uh, <laughs> like pieces. Yeah, it looks like she has little like cherries in her hair. And does she have like a fuzzy ring? Like what is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. These are like fairly mundane outfits in my opinion. I don't know. I think her- Lizzie, Lizzie's is pretty shiny. It is shiny. It matches her hair too, doesn't it? Yeah, she's yeah. got the purple hair going on. Lizzie's but- like ready to become like Ethan's biker chick. That's yeah. what this looks like to me. And speaking of Ethan, uh, yeah, we have to talk, we have about, to talk Ethan. about Ethan. <laughs> Getting ready for the X Games. It looks like a stormtrooper. It does. <laughs> like an orange stormtrooper. Why is he in like a full like arm like bodysuit? I mean, yeah, it gives you the impression that like he rode his dirt bike to school, right? Because like, why would you just wear this? He's a man now. And why would every girl in school find it impressive? I also thought it was funny. We didn't talk about this, but like Lizzie and Miranda go, oh, we need to go talk to Ethan. So then they just run up to him and like lean on him (laughs) at the end of that scene. Can we talk about how like outlandish Lizzie and Miranda look compared to like every other girl in their school? Oh yeah. Every other girl is dressed in gray and jeans. They got style. Yeah. They got some flair. I wanted to talk about (laughs) Sam McGuire's tie. Would you ever yeah. wear a Jake? This is a question for you. Would you ever wear a tie that just has a snake swirling <laughs> down the front? I, I'm gonna go with no. Sam McGuire's tie collection is just absurd. Was it in this moment where he, or I think it, maybe it's during? I don't it was know during if it's the montage. During the montage where he's like he's running running down, down the stairs yeah. mid putting on his tie. It's like you don't need a tie. Come on now. But yeah, no. this tie is ridiculous. Uh, this is the scene I mentioned earlier where you can clearly see it's a Mercedes, but they've blurred yep. out <laughs> they've blurred out the logo. So I guess Mercedes does not endorse Lizzie McGuire. Is it Scordo's yeah. parents' car? I was gonna say whose car is it? Did they just like break into some <laughs> random person's car? Somebody's random Mercedes? They could be in a lot of trouble for this. Lizzie Camo is back, this time in blue. We love some Lizzie Camo. <laughs> I don't know, I guess that's it. Miranda's hair. Did she do like braids what is this i think so interesting i like the like sheer yellow shirt over a patterned tank top look 
All right, Matt's cleaning getup. <laughs> Let's talk about this for a second. He's pulled out like a clear apron, gloves to the elbows. Literally looks like Dexter getting ready to <laughs> cut someone up. Oh my God. Yeah, you're right. I feel like Matt would be ready for a quarantine. Just like looking oh, yeah. at this. Like, I feel like he's he ready to ready. go. Yeah. Also, who has a, a clear apron? This is just such a weird thing. Someone who murders things for a living. <laughs> exactly. Oh, we have some bar mitzvah clothes. Marissa, you alluded to this earlier, but they're like dressed nicely for the bar mitzvah. Lizzie's dress is actually like vaguely similar to my own bat mitzvah dress in style. It wasn't patterned like that. Wait, but... did you model your bar mitzvah dress after Lizzie no. McGuire? <laughs> no, it's a total coincidence, but it, it was like the same style and it was purple and black. So yeah, I like, I like the looks here. I like Miranda's dress too. Why does she have an S in her hair? Sanchez. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's so dumb. It's edgy. It's like how the front of the dress, it's like a zipper. It's got to have a little edge. I guess. Gordo, dressed up for a bar mitzvah. Yeah. Pretty standard. Looks the part. This is the guy that... Oh, that so stressed. Stressed you out. What if he drops it? Um, two big dudes. That's <laughs> <laughs> what so, those two guys wore to work that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I would love to know what the breakdown of the writer's room looked like. You want? They're definitely all white. You want a writer's room photo? I would love to. Fi- I would love to dig something up. They're a- for sure all white. They're now, absolutely right? all white. <laughs> um, and even though the show is called Lizzie McGuire, I would bet like maybe that- there's like a one token woman. Yeah, it's like majority men. Actually, it looks like there's a fair number of women, at least according to IMDb. That's somewhat reassuring. They're absolutely all white women, but. You win some, you lose some. It's 2001. It's 2001. You know? It's true. Okay, so we really just have to talk about who our MVPs are, yeah. right? Jake, do you have uh, any thoughts about who who's the MVP of this episode? There is none, but also <laughs> if I'm going to give it out, I guess Joe, because she's just straight up like, I quit. Like, I'm done now. <laughs> and that's pretty baller. That's a pretty sweet move. Marissa, do you have any thoughts? I don't know. I don't have any real strong opinions i would probably also give it to joe because i'm not gonna give it to gordo on principle (laughs) it was his bar mitzvah (laughs) lizzie and miranda don't really do enough matt is underwhelming sam is a just terrible yeah sam's boys will be boys will probably cost him an mvp for me from like for like the rest of the series moving (laughs) forward i'm done joe mcguire is really the only choice for me, I think it's between Sam and Joe. Sam, as we mentioned, has done a lot of, or has a lot of cringy lines, but I think he also has that moment with Lizzie. It's a huge part of the episode, I think. And then he also is in Gordo's movie talking about what it meant to be a man. So it's definitely like crossed my mind to give it to Sam for those things, but I got to make it three for three, Joe McGuire. Oh my God, this is a big, this is a big week for Joe McGuire. It's just like, sometimes there's just like such slim pickings and it's just like, how many characters were even featured in this episode, really? And it's like when all of them are terrible, you just have to go with like the least objectionable choice. I mean, there is always our unproblematic fave, Ethan Kraft. That's true. I was going to say, he's, he's my second place just because he got a dirt bike. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I, yeah, I guess I could have given it to, I don't know. I just say I wanted more from Ethan, you know. I, did he even say anything or was he just nope. there? No, it was a showpiece. He was completely <laughs> objectified. Yeah, so I don't know. I, Joe, Joe McGuire gets it because she knows her value. She knows her worth. 
Should we talk about what's coming up in the next couple weeks? Yes. Because we're very excited. We are. All right. So before we dive into season two, we've got a couple random things that we've seen that we want to talk about. We did some IMDb deep dives into some of these actors and actresses. And I think that we want to delve a little bit deeper into what we saw. (laughs) First, we dove into Adam Lamberg's IMDb. And we noticed a film that he did post Lizzie McGuire called... When do we eat? Yes. I've never heard of this movie before in my life, but I can't. I'm, I'm so disappointed that I haven't. Should I, should I read the description? Sure. All right. So it reads, members of the Stuckman family gather for Seder with patriarch Ira, played by Michael Lerner, an old-fashioned man who pushes his sons as hard as his own father, Jack Klugman, pushed him. Chaos erupts when one of Ira's sons slips him a hint of ecstasy, turning him into a modern Moses. How crazy is that? How crazy is that? And And like his stacked cast. His sons are Ben. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking at the cast. This is wild. His sons. You had no idea this movie existed, did you? Nope. This movie made four hundred thirty thousand dollars at the box office. (laughs) Yeah, the the sons are played by Ben Feldman, Max Greenfield. And Adam Lamberg. <laughs> we have Sherry Appleby in this movie as well. And I think, as you mentioned, Victoria Justice <laughs> yeah. is in this movie playing some role. We're very excited to dive into this movie because it was just like a stroke of luck that we found this. It sounds incredible. It's a very stacked, very Jewish cast and created by um, like a Jewish writer director. So the movie might be a mess, but I'm less worried about the representation being a mess. And I'm very excited to see what unfolds. It's made me realize that Ben Feldman hasn't aged. I know. He looks looks the same in this movie from 15 years ago as he does today. Um, Okay, so that is what we're going to recap next week. The following week, we are going to dive into an episode (laughs) of Celebrity Wife Swap. The two celebrities (laughs) who are swapping wives are... It's a twist on wife swap because the husbands are going to swap in this oh, episode. The two husbands who are swapping lives are Robert Carradine, a.k.a. Sam McGuire, and <laughs> Terrell Owens from the Dallas Cowboys. They will, wow. swap, <laughs> they will swap families, and Terrell Owens will go live somewhere in the remote Pacific where apparently Robert Carradine <laughs> just lives now. And Robert Carradine will go through a brutal workout with Terrell Owens' girlfriend, I don't know when this was filmed. It was from that that stretch of time when Terrell Owens was on like every reality show. I think he did like Celebrity Apprentice and he had Dancing his own reality show. Yeah, it was from that era. So Terrell Owens had a moment and he swapped wives with Robert Carradine. It's crazy. Yeah, and Robert Carradine like lives literally on a remote island <laughs> in the middle. All right, so that's two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Three weeks from now, we are going to dive into one of Marissa's favorite movies from the Hilary Duff collection a Cinderella story. Oh, I love this movie so much. And it I, I watched it, you know, within the last year. It holds up for me. It is it is a stacked cast. Um, the wildest thing about it is like Regina King is in it. Jennifer Coolidge, Chad Michael Murray. So good. I'm so excited to talk about it. And then are we going to do number four? I don't know if we're going to do number four. I think number four is a little too niche. What we wanted to do was a Big Brother simulation with the Lizzie McGuire cast. <laughs> to get us the Big Brother season that we really want since this season of Big Brother is kind of trash. I don't know if anyone, I, I mean, like, I don't even know if our two dedicated listeners will listen. I think they will. 
I think they will. It could be fun for us. I think it could be fun. I don't know. Number four is up in the air. It's what we're just brainstorming right Mm -hmm. now, but definitely open to suggestions if anybody has any. And then that will be our four-week kind of mini break until we dive into season two. Yeah, with another special guest lined up oh, for the yeah, season I forgot. two premiere. Um, yes, special guest. One of our two listeners. <laughs> <laughs> one of my really good friends and fellow authors, Rachel Lynn Solomon, will be on the podcast. Yeah, can't wait to have Rachel on. But speaking of guests, Jake, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Definitely appreciate you watching this episode, even though it wasn't like the most exciting episode, but. Yes. Thank you for sharing your journey into manhood with us today. (laughs) My my pleasure. (laughs) It was really fun. I really enjoy having guests. Like I talked to you. I'm I'm just like stuck with you. You know, know. it's like. After a while, I get It's nice talking to another human. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was episode 131 gordo's bar mitzvah as always you can follow us on twitter at outfit repeat pod um send us questions email us at outfit repeaters podcast at gmail.com this episode will be uploaded to our website www.paginatedmedia.com slash outfit repeaters that's where we will that's where our whole library is, and uh, it's also where we will upload photos of the outfits that we talked about today for anybody who wants to take a look at those. This is where I usually say be sure to tune in next week for episode, but be sure to tune in next week when Sam and I recap. When do we eat? When do we eat? <laughs> we have not yet watched it. We have no clue what's in store. I think we're going to pay for it, right? <laughs> we're going <gonna laughs> yeah. to we're have to buy it on Amazon. We have to like rent it. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. It'll be worth it. it will, I think it will be worth all 87 minutes. Awesome. Cannot wait.